This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Oh! that, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, one of my close friends of over a decade is getting married next year. I've been dating my boyfriend for about seven years now, and I texted my friend asking for more details on the wedding as travel plans need to be made. She specified that my boyfriend is not invited to the wedding as we are not married. She said that he will only receive an invite after she hears back from other people, essentially only if she receives no's from the first tier of guests. Is it rude to tell someone that their significant other is second tier? I want to have a polite yet direct conversation with her as my feelings are hurt to know that she doesn't consider my relationship important enough for an invitation. What should I say? Let me say out loud what I would say and then we'll discuss if that, I I don't mean it to be a backwards way of going into something, but I, this is what I would want to say. Okay, what's your first instinct? My first instinct would be to say, and not in a passive aggressive way, just I would mean it directly like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to go if he can't come mm. because even though we're not married, we have been together for seven years. Seven years, yes. So <laughs> let me know when you know yeah. if we're invited. Okay, yes. I mean, before we get there though, There are so many etiquette crimes that have taken place here. (laughs) I mean, this is so rude. It's so rude. And just to be clear, a marriage certificate is not required when it comes to who gets invited to a event like this. Like you don't need that piece of paper. Etiquette does not require an actual certificate. And I don't know where our bride got this idea, uh, but that's not a thing. And it's super rude that she thinks it is. Well, and then also just to say, hey, you're not married, so uh, he can come if a lot of other people say no. Well, that's another etiquette crime. Because what? everybody who hosts a big event, including a wedding, you are going to have an A-list, a B-list, a C-list. Like, that is understood. Like, of course you do. But as we have discussed, etiquette is about maintaining a certain fiction. And what you must maintain is the idea that, oh, there is not different lists. Everybody should not know what list they're on. That is not something that your guests should be aware of. Everybody should feel like, oh, they're on the A-list. And so to explicitly tell someone, oh, you are not on the A-list. I mean, that's also super rude. Yeah, that's why I feel like 
it's fine for our letter writer to say, hey, I'm not coming if they can't come because this person is just being aggressively rude to you, I feel like. Yes. I mean, also, the third etiquette crime is to not believe that your relationship is legitimate. Yeah, it's very... Of seven years, you know? It feels very disrespectful. Super disrespectful. I mean, I've known you for 10 years. I've been with this person for seven of those 10 years. Like, you've known my partner for 70% of the time that I've known you. Like, what? What? And... The general etiquette rule is that, generally speaking, if you actually have been seeing someone for a year, you're a unit. You get invited together. And so, like, seven years definitely qualifies. Even under a year, if it feels like a committed relationship at six months, you know, I think you would seriously consider inviting both people. Like, the idea is just that couples get invited together. However you want to define couple. But like, if they're a couple, then it's a unit. You got to invite both. You can't just invite one. Yeah, this is not a new relationship. Definitely not. So, yes, should you say something? I guess it's up to you to how you want to address it. I mean, one etiquette approach is just like, unfortunately, I can't make it. And then, you know, the friend will probably be like, oh, why are you not coming to my wedding? Which is like, oh, well, my partner's not invited, so I'm not going to leave him behind. And we've been together seven years. Seven years. Also, if travel plans are are necessary, like, obviously, they're going somewhere. So it's like a whole... It's not like I'm going to drive down the street for the afternoon. I'm going somewhere. If I'm traveling and I'm spending money, um, my partner's coming. It counts as like a little vacation. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I mean, there's no excuses here. This is just rude. And it's also, this is not an etiquette rule that our bride seems to be following. It's like, there's there's no etiquette book that's saying like, oh, marriage certificate required for an invitation. That's just like not a thing. So yeah, I think uh, saying something in a polite yet direct way, which is like, I was really hurt that you feel like my relationship with my partner is not as legitimate as some of our other mutual friends who are, you know, legally married. Um, And it makes me sad that you feel this way and that you have made invitation decisions sort of based on that. Uh, And I I just disagree with that. And um, so certainly if there's an opportunity for both of us to attend, uh, then I guess let us know. But uh, unfortunately, I can't attend alone. I feel like that was perfect. Yeah. So actually just take that soundbite and just play it for your friend. (laughs) I really was like, let's just write that down exactly. And then do that. Yeah. Um, And then, I don't know, I would really kind of rethink this relationship with this friend. You know, is this just like a bridezilla moment where they've just had a lapse in etiquette judgment? Or is this actually who they are? And I would be curious to know, like, oh, which one is it? Because, like, how I want to actually engage with this person moving forward, I think would kind of depend. Is this, like, just a temporary moment of etiquette insanity? Or is this, like, actually their default character? Yeah, it's like, do we, does our, the bride have some past history with the boyfriend? Oh, ooh, mmm. Because the only other way is that they genuinely don't see unmarried people as real relationships. I mean, that's, that's what it seems like that's with the what way it the seems question like. was asked. And that's just, that would mean something about their whole person. Right, and and how they view relationships in general. Well, how and, they view you, the letter writer. Yes. And that's what I would have trouble with. But actually, the etiquette rule is, if you actually are in a relationship with somebody, you are a unit and you should be invited together even if like the bride had never met your partner or didn't like your partner, like you're, you're a unit, you're a package deal. You, you actually cannot separate these things easily. Now you can do it, but it is just a major etiquette moment to do so. And you have to be doing it with significant care and thought, which is like, I'm deliberately not inviting your partner for specific reasons, which ideally you would already know in advance. Yeah. Um, and that won't come out of left field. Like, oh, your partner did X, Y, Z to me. And so therefore they cannot attend. But it is a high etiquette crime just just like casually decide, oh, we're only going to invite one half of a couple. But 
hey, uh, your partners are invited because they hate who I'm marrying. And you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, actually, <laughs> you would actually have to think twice. You know, I think it would be like, they hate who I'm marrying, but would they be able to bite their tongue and be a polite guest? And if they could just be an adult for the ceremony and they're your partner, I think then you just go with it. Like you just invite them anyway. Mm. You you can't just like casually separate couples for invitations. Like it's just, it has to be done with extreme care. You know, it's like the cut, the cut direct. Like you got to land it. And some of these things are irreversible. So once you do it. This feels irreversible. It's so insulting. Yeah, no, it's gross. So um, sorry this has happened to you. I feel like if it's a friend of a decade, like you got to show up in this thing and an invitation will appear for your partner. And so you'll go and you're allowed to be privately resentful the whole time. <laughs> that's I feel like that's Nick's album when Nick drops his album privately resentful yeah. <laughs> I mean those are my memoirs absolutely for sure so our next question is quote what is the proper etiquette when repaying an acquaintance for something they picked up for you for example if a co-worker offers to pick you up a beverage on their coffee run and the total of your drink order comes to four dollars and forty five cents I was taught that the polite thing to do is to round your repayment up to $5, as it's the least you can do to show your appreciation for their time and thoughtfulness. But is it considered rude to only pay the exact cost of the item? Perhaps the method of repayment adds some nuance. Something about physically counting out the exact change feels slightly worse than sending the precise amount electronically. Thoughts? I, I always round up. Yeah, I think that's nice. I mean, it's nice to round up to five bucks. Yeah. I think if you're sending a payment request, though, I think you do it exactly. Yes. I don't think you take the initiative to round up for them. And then if you're sending a payment request, obviously you'll get that amount back because that's how it goes. Yes. But otherwise, I would just round up. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And it is nice to give a little courtesy, but it's like, oh, yeah, you actually did spend time and effort on this thing. And then maybe they threw a tip down. We don't know. Oh, right. Actually, that's something to ask. Like, oh, does that include the tip? Make sure that the dollar amount that they're telling you actually is correct. Yeah. I think the only time is say you're going somewhere with somebody and you're splitting up all these different things. So it's like a running list. Mm. And then you're like writing down all the different numbers. That would be a different story. But if you just like, hey, I'm running to the store. I grabbed this for you. And it was $2 and, you know, 37 cents. I'm going to throw you three bucks. Yeah. No, I think that's a good distinction. And yeah, does the method of payment matter? No. I think if it's electronic or it's cash, yeah, I think it's the same principle. And I think Nick's point is very nice that if you're doing a request, yeah. do the exact amount. Like, because what are you doing? Like, oh, I want to overcharge you. Like, that's <laughs> yes. how that sounds. It was $37, but I rounded it up to 50. Yeah, surely you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. So, well, that's easy. Easy peasy. And I love that our letter writers are thinking about all of these things. It is nice. Yes, it is nice to like, oh, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And you are. So that's good. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already we start at a 10. And then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say, the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. 
Yeah, and just yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like oh, it it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm so in. glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for the Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question is, quote, we run a seasonal outdoor business with a ticket booth right on the street, which puts us in direct line for tourist questions. These questions are mostly blurted out with zero niceties. Where's the bathroom? When does the trolley come? It seems so rude, and I struggle with how to deal with these questions all day long. I sometimes will start with a cheery good morning to try to teach them to at least use a greeting, but it falls on deaf ears. Any suggestions on how to not lose my cool and stay polite all day long? I can imagine the first couple, I would really throw it out there like, hey, good morning. Thanks so much for yep. your question. Yeah, the restroom's one block down to the left. And then by like the 30th person who just yelled <laughs> in my face, I'd be like, Bleh. Yeah, no, this is maddening. And I feel like it doesn't get easier. Yeah, it doesn't get easier. Well, you're in a tough position. Well, you're in a tough position because also, presumably, you are also trying to sell something. So you want to be friendly and approachable, which is like, oh, I want to potentially get some business from you today as well. So I do feel obligated to sort of be courteous to you because like, if I'm rude, then you're definitely not going to buy my tickets to the Community Playhouse production of The Life or whatever it is that we're selling. But I also think we also just want to have polite, yeah, we don't want to have a day that's filled with feeling angry at people. So we want no. to try to find a way the energy is coming at you and you're just turning it and moving it so it doesn't like stay with you. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, we're going to do Qigong. I see. <laughs> that ex was what I was thinking. Have we ever done Qigong? No. This actually would be very good for you. Yeah. <laughs> this would be very good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, you're in California now. I feel like I'm surprised it hasn't happened. Tai Chi in the park, some Qigong. Yeah, this is great. I actually did Tai Chi in New York. Okay, great. I've never Qigonged. Not yet. Not yet. I have yet to Qigong. The day is young. So my first thing that I wrote down was, let's just pretend we didn't hear them or see them. Like, let's <laughs> pretend if we could do that plausibly with plausible deniability that we actually didn't understand that somebody barking something at us was to us. Like, could that work? And then are we saying, are we looking directly through them and smiling? Or are we saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, what was the question? I feel like we do need to do it in a way where like, it's not rude. So you have to do it in a way where like, you could get away with it. And so, yeah, I don't think we want to make direct eye contact and acknowledge them and then pretend we didn't hear it. 
Oh, so you're talking we're just completely ignoring Oblivious. that you're there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're just like, wow. Like in New York, I'm great at this. Like I could walk down the street and when people are like trying to talk to you, uh, I don't flinch. I don't break my stride. It It is actually as if I have not heard you at all. And I can do it in a way where like it is possible that I actually just didn't hear you. And so it's a skill, but it's definitely one you can master. So maybe you want to do that. And you're just like, oh, I didn't realize that you just yelling where's the bathroom was actually for me. Oh, so sorry. Good morning. One possible option. Okay. I also want to say that is such a New York skill because obviously I did not have it moving there as somebody who feels, oh. especially I think small town people, we feel like we make eye contact. What were you asking me? How can I help? I'm available. And in New York, you just can't be. It is Definitely to not. your detriment. So yeah. I always wear headphones. I'm not playing anything in it. But obviously you can't do that here. You're working. But that that was my New York thing. I got to put headphones in because otherwise I feel obligated to make eye contact and interact. And once they have you. It's over. It's over. You're in. Yeah. So that's one idea. I think you could take that idea. And then if they didn't want to completely ignore a human being and say, oh, I'm sorry. Were, were you asking me a question? Okay. I mean, that's a variation on the theme. Because it's like, oh, me, a human being. Me. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, good morning. I, I'm sorry. Uh, were you wanting to know where the bathroom was? I wouldn't mean, I think I said this before, but there's a part of it be like, I'd be happy to help. What was the question? I'm giving you a chance to rephrase it in a human way. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, oh, I caught that quite late, uh, but I understand that you want something. Um, good morning. Oh, how can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you could say that in a way, which is like, oh, I understand you would like my assistance. Happy to give it to you. But because you were barking something at me, I, I wasn't registering it. So like, let's start over uh, in, in that tone. Because I think our letter writer is more than happy to help. They just, nobody wants to get barked at. The other thing I was thinking of is, can we turn this into a game? Can we see how many of these people can we actually engage and then actually sell our services to? Because there is something nice about having a booth selling something in the direct line of fire of tourists. I mean, like, what a great spot. I mean, it's a double-edged sword, but like, what a great spot. So how many of these people can you actually convert into customers? And like, can we make that a game? How many people who don't say hello first can we actually sell tickets to? And like, you know, if you can't be happy in terms of the etiquette, at least you can be happy in terms of the profit. And I wonder if you can have a competition with the other people you work with. Be like, mm. I did five today. And that way you can be like, oh, you know what? These many people barked at me, but I flipped 10 of them. Yeah. I mean, so maybe just the way you think about it. Uh, maybe that's the only thing that we can do. It just change the way you feel about it. Because we're not going to change people barking at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and which I'm sorry about. That must be so all day. It must get exhausting. Yes. Although maybe you should just have a sign of like frequently asked questions, which is like bathrooms this way, trolley this way. Yeah, you know people. You could have the sign right there and they'd still. Yeah, I know. I, but I, don't I also know I do that. think that some people, when they're faced with, oh, I was asking a person a question and I'm just yelling it, will regroup and ask more politely. I do, in my Heart of hearts believe that uh, some people will fix their attitude. Some. Okay. The idea of a percentage of people. I would love to know what the percentage is. Yes. I believe that is some number other than zero. How much higher than zero? I don't know. But okay. I agree that it is probably more than zero. Some people are just anxious and then they realize, oh, I was just acting out of anxiety. I'm so sorry. Can you please help me? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think there is the inherent goodness of people. Yes. Or they were flustered or scattered and they weren't focused on the fact that they were talking to a human being. And now that they've been recentered, they'll, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I really got to pee. 
Yeah, and I, I, you know, sometimes you do. And so sometimes you just can't get a good morning out. So our next question is, quote, I'm going to New York for the first time. What are the rules for hailing and taking a taxi like a local? I mean, Nick. Well, you lived in New York for a long time. You take a taxis. I think the major rule is if there's somebody out on a corner, we don't then step in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. Upstreaming, I think is the technical term. Oh, is that the term? We don't go to the corner above them. And right. when we make eye contact, oh, you're hailing here. Let me go five feet in front of you and hail directly in front of you. Yeah. No, that's that. That is pretty rude. Uh, and that definitely happens in New York because of our grid pattern. Like it's easy to do. Yeah. Don't do that. The only other thing I was sort of thinking of is. New York uh, taxis is sort of like taxis anywhere. But I think when we hail a taxi, we do it with more confidence. I feel like we definitely like stick out our arm in a more confident way than other places in the world. Like I definitely notice I can spot a tourist trying to hail a taxi in New York City by the way they hail it. And the way I do it is I stick out my arm and I point across the street to the buildings to like the second floor. That's like the angle. And I confidently have that arm out there. I do a two finger point. Some people do a whole palm down. You do you on this, but I like a nice two finger. But the angle that you want is a confident line from you across the street at the angle of the second floor of the building across the street. Like that's what I do. And then you just want to just like stand in the middle of the street and you just want to start making eye contact. You know, that's what you want to do. Make eye contact with drivers. Even if you can't actually see them, you just want to look like you're ready. And you're stepping off the curb. I step off the curb. Yeah, I do I'm too. basically in traffic at this yes, point. Yes, I'm like, telling I'm, our letter writer, you got to step off the curb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, is it a little dangerous? Yeah, probably. But you know what? Welcome to New York. Um, so I am <laughs> in the first, basically, I'm in the first lane of traffic when this is happening. I also try to position myself based on like where I'm heading. So like if I know I need to like be going a certain direction, like I try to be on the corner that allows that to happen. Yes. Sometimes uh, if it's around shift change, because like there are definite shifts in the taxi industry, like certain times of day where like, oh, there's a big shift change where like taxi drivers do need to get back to like where they're going uh, to turn the car over to like the next driver. If you have a short ride, sometimes what I'll do is when I'm signaling, I will make a little like inch symbol with my fingers indicating like, oh, I'm only going a short distance. And that actually is a signal that some drivers recognize, which is like, oh, how far are you going? Because like, oh, that's all the way I'm going. I can do one more fare. And so sometimes I'll do that. Oh, wow. That's next level. Yeah. Of course. Of course it's next level. With yeah, me. of course. And the shape is sort of like making a little C with your uh, thumb and your index finger. Or you're just sort of like indicating like, oh, how big was the sushi? And you're like, oh, it was this big. Bite so size. like that's what you're trying to make with your fingers. And you're just sort of indicating like short distance. I was reading online because I was looking this up. I was like, oh, is there anything else I've missed? Somebody on some tourist blog says that if you're going to one of the airports, you flap your arms like a bird to indicate that you're going to an airport. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, I've never seen that done. Um, I don't think that's a thing. I love that somebody is making it seem like a thing to get tourists to do that. I, I know that, that that feels like a trick that somebody's setting people up. <laughs> Although I kind of like that idea. I like that idea of just like all these people flapping their wings, uh, their little arms on the street looking for cabs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be in somebody's Instagram video. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah. Don't don't flap your arms. And when the cab pulls up. Yeah. Get right in. Close the yeah. door and then say where you're going. Yes. And I always just give 
an intersection? Because like nobody knows where 439 9th Avenue is. Like no, like nobody knows where this is. But like, oh, I'm going to 32nd and Mad. And so like, then we know what those coordinates are. Or like a good landmark. Like, oh, I'm going to the Met. Um, and then you specify Met Museum or like Met Opera. But yeah, landmark. Or you can say, I'm going to 237 Fifth, which is in between blank and blank. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm going to this address between these streets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, specific addresses. I think that's always a big tourist thing, which is know like, your nobody cross knows streets. where a specific thing is. And sometimes I actually don't know where I'm going specifically. So I'll be like, oh, just drive up this avenue. I'll tell you where we're going in a second. But just like, just go north. Let's just start the car. So you can also do that. And then um, just wear your seatbelt. It's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Wear your seatbelt in a cab. Yeah. Um, even if like traffic is only going 10 miles an hour through Midtown during rush hour, that's uh, a good idea. Oh, and actually the last, last thing, sit in the back. It's very weird if you're only one passenger and you sit in the front. I have seen this happen and you're like, oh, that's a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> right? It would be. I would enjoy watching it happen, but uh, much with the arm flapping. If you yeah. want to flap your arms and sit in the front. <laughs> yeah, you're not from around these parts. Yeah, we get it. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're from any parts if you're doing <laughs> right. this. Well, there, actually, there are places in the world where you actually do sit in front in a taxi. Uh, New York is just not one of those places. Well, I was more thinking of the arm flapping. I'm really stuck on that. I'm pretty sure that there's no place in the world in which we do that. Yes. I do like, not oh, think we're doing it anywhere. Heathrow, please. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would think, are we going to the ocean to see pigeons? It's just... Yeah. Although, wouldn't it be great, actually, if you actually signal the destination with some gesture? So, like, oh, I'm going to the museum, and you, like, are painting. Or, like, I'm going to Broadway, and so you tap dance. Uh, I'm going to a restaurant, and so, like, you pretend to, like, shove spaghetti in your face. Empire State, you just stick your hands up really high. Yeah, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. I'm going to the aquarium. Yeah, I mean, actually, this could actually be an innovation. This actually might be something we want to actually introduce. Rockefeller Center, you're just doing like a kick line. Or your Christmas tree. Or your Christmas tree. Right. <laughs> I think we're actually onto something here. I think if you want to flap your arms, then you got to do the whole gamut of act outs for all the different locations. Yes. If you're going to do it for airports, you got to do it for everything. Cross the board. So our next thing is a bonkers. Bonkers. And besides being a bonkers, this is also a thing that Puts me through the roof. <laughs> when this came through, I was like, oh, I think Leah has something to say. <laughs> this has happened. I see this happen. This has happened to yeah. me. Oh, I'm yeah, glad no. we're putting it out there. Thank you, yeah. letter writer. This is bonkers. So it is, quote, I, a woman, went to my gym today. I live in a city, so I'm fairly anonymous at the gym. And I prefer it this way. After using the elliptical machine, I decided to use one of the weight machines. I used the machine to my satisfaction, cleaned it after my use, obviously, and started to walk towards the stairs to exit the building. A man I'd never seen before, let's call him Chad, who has the gym employee's uniform on, says to me, is that it? Is that all you're going to do? I said, yes. And I tried to walk away, headphones in, while he continued on. Do you need personal training? Women tend to really benefit. On top of this, he says that he could offer personal training to me on the side, which would be cheaper than what he could offer through the gym's membership. As I stood there stunned, I wish I'd thought to say one of my favorite things I've learned from you both. Unfortunately, that just won't be possible. For sure, rude. Major FSR. I mean, I what, what do we do with this? And it's such a tactic, and it's happened to me, and I see it happen, and it's negging. 
Yeah, this is the definition of nagging. Yeah. And is there anything more rude? Nothing is more rude. Oh, you're going to make me, A, why are you commenting on my activities? It's not your business. Right, for sure. B, you're, you're going to try to make me feel insecure about what I just did, so I'm going to give you money? Yeah, I think that's the strategy. That's the business strategy here. I cannot. Really, do women really benefit? Okay, buddy. <laughs> I just find this so maddening. It's so rude and disrespectful. And I can't stand, I want to go to this gym right now. Yeah, I would be curious to see where this is. Also, I love that this trainer is trying to actually sell services on the sly. I'm sure his employer would not be super excited to hear that. And they're trying to do their own business in the gym. Yeah, which is like, I'm sure you're not allowed to do that. I'm sure there's probably some rules about that. So, sorry this happened. This is definitely bonkers. Uh, This is bonkers? Although, is it bonkers? Because it's so common. Like, right? Is it bonkers? Are we shocked? What's bonkers is that it's common Mm. that this happens to people. I actually get uncomfortable going to, I think a lot of people get uncomfortable going to gyms for this exact reason, because there's always somebody who wants to come over and comment and be like, I had a guy at my gym in college. I still remember him who always did that. Is that all you're doing today? (laughs) That exact line. Oh, I didn't know that that was actually the line. No, that is the line to make you feel to the point where, because in college I was not the standing uh, strength you see before you now, I would preempt it by being like, I'm in a hurry today. Not that mm. he, how did he deserve an explanation? Yeah, you do not owe him anything. But this is like a thing. Well, it shouldn't be a thing. And so we got we to gotta do our part to try and end this. I think we should try to end this. This is at the top of the list because I'm so glad our letter writers, it drives me crazy who are these people think they can comment. We got to come up with a line that we all use across the board. All right, well, let's start brainstorming. And audience, if you have a good one-liner for this, uh, send it in. Let's start compiling a list. I think it is even a little stronger than unfortunately that won't be possible because I think we need to have that person look, take a little mirror to themselves. I mean, I like a good thank you for your concern. And that's it. <laughs> right? Thank you for your concern. I almost would want to employ the um, staring at a person's face, which you know is my favorite, where I just mm. stare at them with my dead eyes and not say anything. Uh, ooh. I don't know if that message gets through to this type of person. No, but it makes me feel good. Well, okay, there's some benefits to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to put all this stuff on the whiteboard. So I actually have an idea for a possible line because of something that happened to me last week. Okay. Not gym related. It was comedy related. But this male comic came up and said something to me that was the extent of what this comment is. Uh-huh. And I was so taken back. I just said, did you think that was going to work on me? Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, because that's that's not rude. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how you say it. <laughs> but I like that sentiment, which is like, oh, did you believe in your heart of hearts that that was going to be successful? Yeah, it's like, I because that's how I felt. I, I, you, I know what you're doing and you should know that I know what you're doing. Yeah, and it will not be successful. It will not be successful. You have no power over me. Yes, you have no power <laughs> yes. over me. Yeah, it's very labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like that. Oh no, that's very good. Yeah, because I think it just calls it out. And sometimes that is a perfectly fine thing to do. And that way you've not said anything confrontational. You just sort of put it back to them. Hey, did you think that was going to work? I got to go. Or maybe not even phrase it as a question, which is like, oh, unfortunately, that technique doesn't work on me. Have a great day. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't go with my vibe. Thanks. Yeah, because often I don't like actually asking questions and engaging further. I just like to have a declarative statement (laughs) and then I'm leaving. 
I think I sometimes ask a question in a declarative statement kind of a way. I, there are certainly rhetorical <laughs> questions. Absolutely. Yes. But I like the idea of just calling it out, which is like, oh, I, I understand what you're doing. And I just want to highlight the fact that that's not going to work for me. I do like to point out, like, I get this as a tactic and I don't agree with it. Yes. I have a philosophical disagreement with your rudeness. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for sending this in. And do you have a bonkers story for us or anything else? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you're raised by wolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or, right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.